0: Who's, who's going to admit that they're ready for, the, for their little ones to go back to school? Wisdom there. That's wisdom by not, not saying. <laughs> Good. Well, as Esther has uh, just shared with us, Jesus really had not broken any rules, even though um, it is the, the Pharisees who believed that he would, and also the Pharisees that believed that he had done on multiple times. And as we looked at the beginning, they were determined to catch him out. And we know that God allowed Jesus, or Jesus, allowed himself to be caught at the end, didn't he? To fulfil the ultimate plan. But in this moment, that wasn't going to be the case. Now, though Jesus was genuinely kind, and... Compassionate to many people he met, as we've seen uh, throughout our journey. There is often a dual motive to his doing something. A dual motive to his doing something. In this case, yes, he is healing the man who was struggling with dropsy, which was the swelling of the soft tissue due to water retention, I believe today it's called uh, edema, edema I believe. But he also used this miracle as an opportunity to challenge and show the Pharisees that one, the needs of human beings are more important than mindless devotion to a rule. Let me say that again, the needs of a human being are more important than a mindless devotion to a rule. Particularly some of the rules that they themselves had introduced. But number two, that any objection to Jesus healing this man was inconsistent with how they would react on a Sabbath if one of their own children or one of their own surprised animals had fallen into a hole or a well, as the passage says, and needed help. Which ultimately is something that we have touched on a few times throughout our journey of Luke. Ultimately, that's hypocrisy, is it not? It's hypocrisy. Something where you're going to do something, but you're telling someone else not to One rule for one, another rule for another. But what I want to draw our eyes to is that even though Jesus was speaking the truth in this moment, the Pharisees didn't want to hear it. They just didn't want to hear it. Or they didn't want to acknowledge it. And we see that in the passage because of their silence throughout. This is partly because they believed that they were more important than Jesus. But also, maybe, because they had learned that they could never win in an argument or a debate with Jesus. Again, that's easily proved. Just look back over the last 13 chapters of Luke and all the times that he's engaged with the Pharisees. Remember, this wasn't the first time this question about healing on the Sabbath had come up, nor was it the first time Jesus healed someone on the Sabbath. Seven times in the Gospels, Jesus is reported to have healed someone on the Sabbath day. The man in our story today with dropsy at the dinner is one, and we we mentioned earlier when we looked at the pictures of of the man with the withered hand, who was also healed on the Sabbath. And there are others, five five others. But as is often the case, it is clear that the Pharisees weren't there to be questioned or examined by Jesus. That wasn't their intention. They weren't there to be questioned by Jesus, Nor were they willing to learn and grow by anything that Jesus wanted or was willing and teaching them. As the religious elite, they were the ones who were supposed to examine people, examine situations, to critique people, including Jesus, because they had that mindset. But because of this mindset, because of their pompous attitude, a lot of the time, they close their ears and their hearts to the truth that Jesus speaks, as they did on many other occasions. But notice in verse 6, if you still have your Bibles open, Jesus has challenged them. But then he turns around and says... Oh, we're re- sorry, we read in the passage that it says that they could not reply to these things. What is it Jesus asks? Jesus says, Which of you, having a son or an ox, that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? They could not reply to the things that Jesus was challenging them with. Jesus had silenced in this moment the religious leaders, and they had nothing to say in reply to him. But don't be fooled in thinking that their eyes had been awakened to their hypocrisy, that their silence was an act of humility, a recognition that their views were wrong, leading to a desire to change their ways. That we, we often call that a light bulb, light bulb moment, don't we? no they had hardened their hearts and were unwilling to look at themselves and realize that their thinking and actions were wrong and contrary to god's heart a heart that placed the incredible value upon his human creation ultimately they were stubborn at heart stubborn at heart, and it was this stubbornness that was blinding them. The Sabbath was meant to be a day of liberation, a day of freedom for God's people from the toils of the working week, a day set aside to worship and to serve God Almighty. It wasn't meant to be a day of repression and restriction, which is the picture that we often get. But more than that, the Sabbath was also there to give a wonderful and beautiful picture of the final and eternal day of rest for all God's people. When there will be no toil but total peace as we worship and dwell with our Lord forever in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? The gift made possible only through Jesus' sacrificial act upon the cross, which in the context of our passage today was soon approaching. Soon approaching. That powerful, amazing and incomprehensible day when Jesus took mankind's place, when he took your place and he took my place, and ransomed himself against the debt that was owed to God the Father and paid the price for all the bad things we have done, all the rebellious nature between us and God. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection to new life secured the way for those who would but turn from their earthly, selfish, and in this context, stubborn ways and surrender their life to following him. And in doing so, would open the door into a relationship with God personally now. What a wonderful thing. Personally now. And also for eternity after we die in this life. Isn't that special? Mm. And it's a gift that we can all receive through faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Have you received him today? Have you received him today? Will you receive him if you haven't? It's the best thing you'll ever do. The tragedy of this dinner party was that the Pharisees' stubbornness of heart hindered them from seeing who Jesus was and the wonderful truths that he was sharing with them on this occasion and all the other times that he met with them. Now, but don't think for a moment that stubbornness was a biblical concept, that it was only, it was only sort of meant for the biblical times Many people sitting in this room can be stubborn. Who's brave enough to put their hand up and say, yeah, I can be stubborn sometimes? Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's more than that. Oh, I'm sure there's more than that. <laughs> All living things can be stubborn. Not just humans. All living things can be stubborn When they do not want to do something. I've got a little video that I want to play for you. Just to give you a bit of an idea of this. Thank you. Some of you may have seen this before. Some of you will be able to relate to this. (laughs) who can relate to that (laughs) particularly those who have got dogs absolutely absolutely but that's stubbornness and that's not just animals that can be stubborn humans I didn't think it fair to show some humans being stubborn which is why I went with 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 the dog but it's funny when we watch these videos isn't it and it makes us laugh and it makes us chuckle but just as the Pharisees Stubbornness in the human heart can be poison, It can be poisonous and it can hinder our life and our walk as a Christian. It can be a real hindrance to our life with Jesus in our relationship with our fellow brothers and sisters in the room and in our ability to share Jesus to other people. I've asked if you are stubborn this is rhetorical Are you stubborn? Answer it yourself. Are you stubborn? Do you switch off when people are trying to correct you in love, or share a truth with you because you think they know, that, that you think you know best? Maybe here on a Sunday morning. Maybe kids upstairs when you're in kids' church. Youth uh, from Fridays, or even upstairs as well. How many of us have read the Bible, heard all the things that Jesus says we are to do, how we are to act, and what we are to say and think, but just don't do it because sometimes you just don't want to. Because sometimes you think you know what's best. That's stubbornness. Jesus once said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. That stubbornness. This was the very thing the Pharisees were struggling with in this moment and could well have been the very thing many people here today struggle with. Are you here today and you haven't given your life to Jesus? Jesus, if not, why not? There's another rhetorical question, why not? Do you think you have your life all sorted? You think you've got it all together? Do you think you know better than the creator of the whole universe? Friends, that stubbornness. Our stubbornness. And just as we uh, invite the band up to close us out in our final song, if anything that's been said this morning has scratched an itch or have left you wondering whether your stubbornness is causing you a problem in your walk with the Lord or not, then come and speak to us. Come and see us after the service. There'll be people praying. We'll be milling around. Just come and chat to one of us. Let us walk on this journey with you. But don't allow stubbornness to hinder your walk with Jesus. And don't let stubbornness stop you from surrendering your life to Jesus. Amen? Shall we worship?